It's Monty. Welcome to the Rockcast. It's all so good. I can't stand how great it is. So glad you could join me on this special episode. And why is it special? Well, uh, because they're all special. This is a figment of your imagination. Now, like usual, I have all sorts of fun and mayhem to unleash upon you. I'm going to answer your questions, I'm going to read some top tens, and I'm going to play you some cool tunes. But to start the show, I want to talk about a couple of people that the world recently lost. And I thought a lot of both of them, and I just wanted to say a few words. And the first person is Rush Limbaugh. And I know he was the kind of guy that you either loved or hated, but I was a big fan. And here's why. Believe it or not, I didn't care anything about politics until I was about 30. Up until that point, I didn't care about anything else except uh, sports, music, and girls. In fact, I had to take a course in college called Political Science. And I was so bored with that class that I would just sit there while the professor was talking and i just draw in my notebook. And so for years, I didn't follow anything that was going on in the world of politics, and I couldn't have told you the difference between a Republican or a Democrat. But around the time that the Clintons came onto the scene, I started listening to the Rush Limbaugh show, and he started opening my eyes not only to the corruption in politics, but how we are being lied to every single day by the mainstream media. And, of course, it's just gotten worse and worse until we, uh, you know, have what we have today. But for the past 32 years, every morning at 11 o'clock, I'd go, oh, uh, Rush is on. And if uh, for some reason Rush had a guest host, I would just turn it off. Because no one was as good at talk radio as Rush Limbaugh. And some of the guest hosts were okay, but it was more like, you know, if a cover band uh, opened up for Dream Theater. He was truly a master at what he did. And when I heard he died, uh, it really kind of hit me. And it was really kind of weird because I'm not one of those guys that goes on Facebook and wishes, uh, you know, uh, celebrities happy birthday or to rest in peace. But when I thought about the fact that Rush would no longer be there at 11 o'clock in the morning anymore, it was kind of like I'd just lost a friend. And it made me really sad, and so I thought I'd just say, uh, rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. I, for one, will miss him. And somebody else I will miss is a friend of mine named Brian Garcia. Brian worked with my band Galactic Cowboys as a sound engineer, as a sound man on the road, as a road manager, and even co-produced one of our albums. And of course, it goes without saying, he was a really talented person, but uh, even more than that, he was just a great guy. And a couple of weeks ago, I was really shocked to hear that he passed away. And the thing I will remember about Brian the most is just how funny and uh, unique he was. And we had so many great times on the road, and uh, one thing I remember was one day we were watching Saturday Night Live on the bus. And Dana Carvey did this impersonation of Dennis Miller. And he said something like, "Uh, Hey, babe, who do you think I am? Squeak-wo, the club-footed one? And we all thought that was funny at the time. But little did we know, Brian would start using the word squeak-wo in everyday conversations forever. Brian was also the only guy I think I've ever met who basically spoke his own language. For instance, instead of saying, these are my things, or this is my stuff, he would say, these are my ratios. Or if something was really fun and exciting, Brian would refer to it as a total freak fest fantasy. And before you know it, we were even using some of Brian's terminology. 
And so we all love Brian and we're going to miss him so much, but I wanted to play you something that Brian inspired. When we were in the studio doing Space in Your Face, Brian was the engineer on that album. And while we were in there one day hanging out, Ben wrote a joke song about Brian's love for big meaty burgers. It was called Lord Byron, and late one night in the studio when we were all exhausted and kind of giddy, we decided to record it. And Sam Taylor, who was the producer on Space In Your Face, kept tracking our vocals until it sounded like a huge choir. And it turned out pretty funny, and Brian loved it. And the words to the song are, Oh Lord Byron, watch him flow. See his largeness go and go. Through the halls of Rivendell, which was where we recorded it, Double Patty would be swell. Real big boy. And I did the intro as if I was a DJ for a public radio classical music show. And it went something like this. You're listening to KCOW, Classical Out the Wall Zoo. And now we have the Norman Chubby Knuckle Choir performing Lord Byron from the Hamburg Suite in Double D Flat, conducted by Leopold. So there you go, a tribute to Brian Garcia. Uh, Rest in peace, buddy. We love you. He was incredible. All right. Well, it's March now, uh, which used to mean March Madness. And I would watch the NCAA basketball tournament, and I would also have my top 10 playoffs every year in March. However, this year, because of COVID, I have decided not to do a top 10 playoffs because, frankly, it would just be way too dangerous. I realize we have a vaccine now and uh, the risk is minimal. But because I am so responsible and I care more than you or just about anybody else, I am refusing to return to any kind of normalcy. So I am canceling the top 10 playoffs and just about everything else that I can think of. He is the quintessential American hero. The good news is, is that I'm still going to read some top 10s. Ah. And I've got one here that was sent to me by Alex Kaufman in Colorado. And I've known Alex for over 30 years. And she's not only a lovely lady, but she's also a badass drummer. In fact, when Alan Doss and I left The Awful Truth, Alex actually replaced Alan in The Awful Truth. And I think Oler King ended up changing the name to In The Garden, but uh, there's a little history on Alex. And we have remained friends over the years, and she listens to the rock cast, and she has sent me this top 10 list, which is the top 10 worst smells. Wow. All right, sounds interesting. Let's get into it at number 10 with dog crap, especially on your shoes. Ew. Number nine is sauerkraut. All right. Uh, Well, Alex, I guess you're not a big fan of the Reuben sandwich. Awful. Number eight is one that I wouldn't have thought of, but it's Play-Doh. It's sick. Number seven is rotten fish. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Number six is cow methane. There's nothing worse. Number five is raw sewage. Number four is, of course, vomit. Number three is bad because I don't know anybody that likes the smell of rotting mouse carcass. That's disgusting! Now next up, I saw somebody on the television show My Strange Addiction who actually liked to smell these. 
But if you're like me, at number two, you hate the smell of mothballs. I have to throw up. Now, all of those were really bad smells. But at number one on Alex's list, it's patchouli. Well, great list, Alex. And oh my God, yeah, patchouli. And if you're not familiar with that stuff, it's apparently kind of like uh, a fragrance that some people think is like a perfume. But like Alex, I hate it. And I knew someone years ago that wore so much of that stuff that if I got anywhere near them, it would attach itself to me and my clothes and follow me home. And once again, while Galactic Cowboys was recording Space in Your Face, we came up with another joke song called Grandmother's Closet. And believe it or not, the word patchouli was actually mentioned. This here's a song about my grandmother. Don't like this. There's a smell coming from grandmother's closet. We ain't quite put our finger on it yet. It smells an awful lot like Julie or some other kind of ratchet sketch. All right, before I get to the next segment, I wanted to give a shout out to one of my sponsors. MontyCalvinArt.com What? That's right. Are you looking for a gift for your wife, husband, relatives, mom, dad, uh, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or maybe just a friend? You probably have no idea what to get them. So instead of buying them the same old boring crap, how about getting them something unique that they can keep forever? Like one of my paintings. At MontyColvinArt.com, you can find original, one-of-a-kind pieces of art. And these aren't prints, no. These are the real deal that I have spent hours, days, and sometimes weeks working on. And when you get it, you'll be the only one who has it. I do rock stars, celebrities, athletes, and sometimes flowers. Or you can just commission me to do something. So message me on Facebook or go to my website, but just remember, paintings make great gifts. Unique art for unique people. Commercial's over. Okay, got a question now from another female listener. Seriously? Yeah, can you believe it? Two in a row. There's no way. You know, I wonder how many female listeners I actually have. You can count them on one hand. If I were going to guess, I'd say maybe 50 to 100. Well, I, I'd say 10. Well, however many it is, it's just always great to hear from the ladies. And this question is from Jade Mitchell, and she lives in Canada, and she's a big Galactic Cowboys fan, and she's also a badass guitar player. And Jade wrote and said to me, Hi, Monty, you are a badass bass player, and you have noticeably soft, supple-looking skin. Well, thank you, Jade. My question is, if Walmart came out with a line of basses called the Rollbackers, and they offered you $1 million to endorse them, would you take the money and run, or tell them to take a hike, but still continue to shop in their store so you can fondle their produce? Well, Jade, that is an excellent question. And thank you for the kind compliments. But your question is actually very easy to answer. If somebody offered me a million dollars to endorse anything, I would do it. A company could literally come to me and say, listen, we've got a line of cigarettes called Satan Sticks. And I would not only endorse them, but for a million dollars, I would start smoking them. Which is saying something because uh, I've never smoked. But as far as Walmart, yeah, I gotta keep shopping there. Their prices are pretty low and you can get almost anything there. I mean, it may not be exactly what you want, but they have almost everything. For instance, the other day I was thinking about shaving with a razor. And I thought, you know, I probably need a washcloth for that. But since I've recently become a bachelor, you know, I don't have things like a washcloth. I just get in the shower, soap it up, and I'm done. But then I thought, oh, you know, if I shave, I'm going to need one of those. So I go to Walmart to buy a washcloth. 
and I get in there and I start looking and I find out, and I'm not making this up, that washcloths only come in a pack of 18. And I thought, well, I only need one, but uh, then again, they are only $3 for 18. So I just went ahead and bought them and uh, I'll have you know that they are still sitting in my closet unwrapped. And so if anybody needs more than one washcloth, uh, let me know and the next time I see you, I'll give you a couple. I don't need more. But then I go get in line to check out and I look at the guy ahead of me and he's got on a full-on gas mask. Apparently because the useless cloth masks that we wear just aren't cutting it. Either that or they just aren't restrictive and cumbersome enough. Either way, I'm getting impatient and I look over to the line next to me and there's fewer people in it. And so like an idiot, I change lanes. Well, I should know by now that this never works, especially for me, because I will always choose the wrong lane. And sure enough, after I'd stood there for about 15 minutes, I look over and the line that I was in, every single person checked out and left. This story cannot get any sadder, but go on. But I eventually get checked out. I'm walking out of Walmart and I'm into the parking lot and I'm approaching my car. And I see it over there in the distance and I think to myself, man, I've got a nice car. In fact, I don't think I've ever noticed how really nice it is until just this moment. But the closer I got to it, that's when I realized, oh, that's not my car. That's somebody else's car who has a really nice car. Mine's over there. Here's where the story gets pathetic. So I get in and I drive on to the next store. And when I get there, and tell me if this has ever happened to you, I start to get out and the alarm starts going off. And it's just, ah, ah, ah. and so I frantically start trying to turn it off. And I put the key back in and I'm turning it on and I'm turning it off. I'm rolling down windows and rolling them up. I'm unlocking the doors and locking it and nothing works. Until finally I do something that makes it stop. I don't know what I did, but it stopped. And so I try to get out again. It starts up again. Ah, ah, ah. I shut the door and try everything all over. This goes on for a couple of minutes and it finally stops. At this point, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit nervous to even open the door, but I do, and it starts up again. <coughs> By this point, I'm sweating and my blood pressure is at a dangerously high level. And by the time it stopped, I knew that I was then a prisoner of my own vehicle. And I had to wonder, what good are car alarms? Because the whole time that was going on, there were people walking by looking at me. And no one did anything. No one said, hey, are you trying to steal that car? No, they just walked on and looked like, yeah, look at that loser. He can't turn off his car alarm. And so kind of like the COVID face coverings, car alarms do nothing. They're annoying, embarrassing, and ultimately useless. And I hope that answered your question, Jade, in Canada. Can somebody please get me off this ride? All right, before I go on, this next segment is sponsored by My Big Giant Spoon. Yes, perhaps you haven't heard about this yet, but My Big Giant Spoon was created by the same people who brought you Mr. Fork. It's a revolutionary product that is made from the rare wood that can only be found in the trees in the Sahara Desert. So right there, you know it's got to be good. My Big Giant Spoon is three times the size of most average size spoons and is sure to delight the entire family. This incredibly large kitchen utensil is not only helpful when preparing meals, it can also sit in the corner of the room and makes an amusing, if not hilarious, conversation piece. So get yours today. It's my big giant spoon. And if you order right now and mention that you heard about this on the Rockcast, they are going to throw in a Mr. Fork for free. Once again, that's my big giant spoon. Everyone loves it. Okie dokie. Let's do something now that I haven't done in a while. A little Uncle Monty's Listening Corner. 
This is where I go into my iTunes music library. I play you some snippets and I give you my thoughts. And today I'm going to play you some stuff from some new albums. Apparently people are starting to record again. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, let's find out. And first up is a new CD from Accept called Too Mean to Die. So I will admit that I've always liked Accept, mainly because of Wolf Hoffman's guitar tone. I think it's great. And I don't mind the singer. I think he's good for what they do. But I've listened to this CD a few times now, and it's just not grabbing me. For me, the hooks just aren't that good. And I hate to say this, the lyrics are just kind of dumb and cheesy and the kind of thing that gives metal a bad reputation. The Undertaker's dressed in black To hide in shadows between the cracks He's no remorse, just sympathy For all to see, or so it seems His work is never done Clients many, friends not one But in the end we understand The Undertaker is a Next up, I'm sure you've all been waiting anxiously for the new CD from Rob Zombie. Not exactly. Uh, yeah, me neither. I mean, I think he's cool, his stuff rocks, and his guitar player, John Five, is one of the greatest guitar players on the planet. But did I really need another album of stuff that sounds just like the other stuff that he's always done? Yes? Uh, no. Not to say it's horrible. And there's stuff on here I actually like. But for me, there's really nothing to get that excited about.
machine in the world as far as I'm concerned. So I've got a question for you people. Uh, does anybody out there listening right now like corn? And no, I don't mean the band corn. I mean, you know, like uh, corn on the cob or, uh, you know, even uh, corn nuts or uh, corn chips, especially Fritos. I love those. They're delicious. Now, my other question is, does anybody like the band corn? And the reason why I ask is because their guitar player, Brian Head Welch, has a new album out by his band Love and Death. The name of the CD is Perfectly Preserved. Check it out. So I'm not a huge corn fan, but I do like this, Love and Death. And I'm not real sure if corn fans are going to like this that much because it's way commercial sounding and almost poppy at times. And some of it even reminds me of something like Breaking Benjamin. And I'm actually okay with that. But I'm going to take a wild guess and say that most of the people who are going to like this album are probably Christians. Because Head Welch these days is a Christian. And I would think that there's a lot of people who like Christian rock and Christian metal who will dig this. It's not overly preachy or anything like that. It's just kind of uh, spiritually based, let's say. But regardless, it's got some pretty good stuff on here. I give it a thumbs up. You, I can't believe I hate that I lost you My everything I wish that I could Bring you back to me Somehow I guess I gotta Next up is a new CD from Alice Cooper. It's called Detroit Stories. 
And before I say anything, I just want you to know I love Alice Cooper. I'd love to see him live someday. But I listened to this all the way through, and then I forced myself to listen to it a second time. So I gave it a chance. Uh, I just don't happen to like it. But you see what you think. Every day around this time, a little vision of religion comes walking by. She kind of motivates, and lordy, what she shakes is more than we're prepared to take. Now, I'm not going to say this album is bad because uh, to each his own. If you're into that old kind of just roots rock kind of thing, you know, be my guest. Go for it. It just comes off to me as a little bit tired and boring. But, you know, Alice is in his 70s now, and maybe it's just time for him to stop making albums. Or maybe just find some better songwriters. Because honestly, uh, when I get to be in my 70s, if I'm writing songs like these, just please come find me and take my guitar away. Sister Randall give a damn about evolution. She's a liberated woman. She got her solution. Got a heart of gold. Save a bitch's soul from going down old Satan's way. And finally, Jason Beeler, formerly of Saigon Kick, has a new album. It's called Songs for the Apocalypse, but don't expect a Saigon Kick album. It's very creative, uh, a little bit weird, but there's some pretty good stuff on here that you might want to check out, and I really love this song.
Okay, well, this next segment is going to be sponsored by Joe Biden's Corn Pops. And I know what you're thinking, Monty, what is that? Is it a breakfast cereal? Is it a snack? Is it something for your feet? Or is it medicine for elderly people with dementia? Well, the answer is, I don't know. But the great thing is, is that not even Joe Biden knows what Joe Biden's corn pops are. And when you think about it, does it really matter? Well, no, because Joe Biden says it's good and therefore you should buy it. So just shut up, put your brain on hold, stop asking questions. And if you know what's good for you, you'll go online or to a store and you'll find Joe Biden's corn pops. They come in a variety of sizes, shapes, colors, and flavors. That's Joe Biden's Corn Pops. Don't forget to wear a mask. I want it. Even if it's wrong, I want it. So the other day, I pull into a gas station, and this guy gets out of his car and comes walking over to me, and he says, Hey, dude, do you smoke? <laughs> and I looked at him, and I go, No, I don't. And he looks at me kind of surprised, and then he just walks on. And the thing is, I get this all the time. I guess it's because of my hair, but it doesn't matter where I go. There are people all the time coming up to me wanting to know if I smoke pot. Right. It's as if they see me and go, this dude looks like he smokes weed. <laughs> but no, I do not. I never have, so sorry. Hey, bud, what's your problem? But another weird thing that happens to me a lot, and the other day it happened again, uh, somebody just walked up to me and said, hey, what's on TV? Well, needless to say, I was kind of surprised by this because I figured they'd say, hey, Monty, how you doing? But no, they asked me what was on TV, and so I said, well, hey, I'll tell you on the next podcast. So here we go. Do we have to do this? Okay, so first of all, let me start off by saying that there's basically nothing on regular TV anymore that I want to watch. Well, maybe one show, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But as far as network TV and cable, uh, it's just all become politicized, and that includes sports. Like, I tried to watch the All-Star Game the other day, and they might as well change the NBA to the BLM. Black Leagues Matter. Say what? And I know all the players are black, that's fine with me, they're the best. But when every commercial is about racial equality for blacks or black colleges, all the announcers are black, the entertainers are black, the referees are black, and you know, I just ended up feeling like I was Forrest Gump at a Black Panther party that he wasn't invited to. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But whatever, everything's different and weird these days. Like, I turned over to watch the Grammys the other night, and apparently uh, no one can go to that anymore. They used to hold the Grammys inside of arenas with thousands of people, but now it's been reduced to a handful of tables where everyone's wearing a mask. But don't worry, the music is still total shit, so, uh, you know, don't worry about that. That hasn't changed. Oh, good. So I only watched about five minutes of that. But the only show that I do like on cable TV is BattleBots. Nothing political here, just a bunch of nerds making killer robots that try to destroy each other. And the nice thing is that there's no humans or animals that are hurt in the process. Just a lot of destruction and mayhem and it's hilarious. And I'm serious, if you ever get a chance to see BattleBots, check it out. Nerdy. Now, if you've got Amazon Prime, I watched a movie on there called The Sound of Metal. And it's about a drummer who literally goes deaf from playing that loud rock and roll music. And I'm still trying to figure out whether I liked it or not. The acting was really good. Uh, in fact, in the beginning, I kind of wondered if it was a documentary or a movie. But uh, it was a movie. And it's just really kind of depressing. And if you're a musician, it'll make you want to wear earplugs. Something I did not do early in my career, but uh, I finally started when I got in Galactic in the 90s. 
and I still hate wearing them because I like to hear that volume, but uh, they do help me hear myself sing. But I'm pretty sure I've got some ear damage from uh, over the years because uh, I can never get anything loud enough. And I've also been told many times that my bass is the loudest thing on any given tour. I don't want to hear it! And finally, I watched a documentary about the Scorpions. And I've actually liked them for a long time, going back to the 80s for me. Uh, I liked uh, Tokyo Tapes. I liked Love Drive. I thought that was a great album. And so I was really looking forward to seeing this. However, for most of this movie, they're speaking German. And I was trying to sit there and read the subtitles, but that was so distracting. Because if I want to read, I'll just get a book. And I'm not real sure why they had to speak German in the interviews, because, you know, they don't speak German on their albums, like Rammstein. But they did, and I found it a little bit frustrating. So I can't really recommend the Scorpions Forever in a Day documentary. Uh, unless you speak fluid German, in which, uh, you know, hey, you'll really enjoy it. Pretty good, yeah, yeah, I liked it. Alright, I'm gonna wrap things up now with a couple of comments and questions about my top 10 list that I did on the last episode. As you recall, I gave you my top 10 songs that I have written. And Gary Bechtold wrote to ask me why I didn't have any songs off the Galactic Cowboys album, Let It Go. He said he really liked the songs I wrote on that album, like Disney Spinning, A Different Way, T.I.M., and The Record Ends. Well, thanks, Gary. Yeah, I like those songs, too. Uh, they would have been honorable mentions, but the one I probably would have went with on that album was Another Hill. That was another one of those ballads that I wrote that I thought turned out really good. Okay, says who? I also heard from Jim Lambert, who said he really enjoyed my list, and he wanted to submit his own list of top 10 Monty songs. And so, okay, here you go. It starts at number 10 with Down, which was on Loserville. Number 9 was another crunchy song called Didn't. Number 8 was Another Hill. Number 7 was A Different Way. Number 6 was Tomorrow. Number five was another Galactic Cowboy song called Evil Twin, followed by I Do What I Do at number four. Number three was Fear Not off the Machine Fish album. Number two was a crunchy song called If Only. And number one on Jim's list of songs I wrote, Swimming in December. Well, good job, Jim. And you know, I've been thinking about it, and maybe I should go ahead and have the top 10 playoffs. Except instead of having like a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 or a Final Four, maybe I'll just do the Final Two. And Jim's list was really good, so I'm going to go ahead and just put him in the finals. And earlier in the show, I had Alex with her list of top 10 worst smells. And so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and put her in there. And there you go. There's the final matchup. And here's how it works. I just basically pick which one I like better and they become the top 10 champion. It's that simple. And the winner, of course, will win an amazing prize package. The prize package that you're playing for is spectacular. So let me break it down for you. Jim's list was awesome. It was all about me, and that's always a plus. And it's not that I'm arrogant. It's just, you know, flattery will get you everywhere, especially in the top 10 playoffs. It's all rigged, folks. However, Alex had things on her list like Play-Doh, raw sewage, uh, mothballs, and patchouli. And honestly, it was not only original and creative, uh, at times it was hilarious. Plus, I don't ever remember there being a female uh, top 10 champion. I could be wrong, but uh, there's going to be now. Because congratulations, Alex Kaufman in Colorado. You are the brand new top 10 champion.
Once again, congratulations, Alex. You are the winner of my amazing prize package. I mean, it's average. Okay, well, that was fun, but I'm going to end the show today with another song that I wrote that wasn't on my list, but it was definitely one of my honorable mentions. This was off the last Galactic Cowboys album that we did called Long Way Back to the Moon, and it's the title track. But instead of playing that song that most of you have heard, I'm going to play you the demo for that song. I may have played part of this on this show before, but uh, I thought I'd just play the whole thing this time. And I think some of you will find this interesting, especially the musicians, and it'll just kind of show you some of the process that's involved with writing. And this is just how I do it most of the time. And with this song, it started out with a guitar riff, and then I added a chorus, and I kind of built it from there. And as far as the demo that you're going to hear, it was recorded in GarageBand on my computer. And for you musician gearheads, I use my Dean 8 string as the bass. For the rhythm guitars, I used my Epiphone Les Paul. And for the leads I play at the end of the song, I used my PRS guitar. And for all those, I just uh, ran them into my little Line 6 Bean Pod. And the drums, I just programmed this little drum machine that I have. I think it's called a Zoom. And I've had it for years, and I just use it on all my demos. But anyway, this is what I played for the guys when I uh, brought it in to show them that uh, I had a new song. And so uh, you can see what you think. I thought it might be interesting for you to hear. But that's going to do it for me for now. I'll be back soon with more fun and mayhem. But until then, this has been Monty saying, take care. Don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me. And rock on.
in your face 